Today on Analog Out, we've got a analog announcement. Not the, it's the company, not the podcast. We've got a Scorsese Marvel statement. Bowman's back from Japan. He's not, he's still in Japan, but he's back on the podcast. Uh, the Game of Thrones chumps lose their Star Wars trilogy. New Terminator review. White House review. We've got so many things. I've been gone for so long. Let's check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another long-awaited episode of Analog Out. My name is Pat, and finally, after months and months of anticipation, we've got our boy Bowman back. He's here. How you doing? Well, you didn't tell me to record, so now I'm recording now. Oh. So I, so I guess that kind of works out for you. After you introduced me, you just slide that in there. So are you are, are you recording now, or were you recording for the hello? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm recording. All right, I asked you to tell you me to tell- record, and then you're All like, right, well, you just jump right. You're into back. It. Say something to the audience now. Hey, everybody, I'm back. Um, we <laughs> actually have been planning to record for a while now, but usually my fault. Like I was either sick, and then recently Pat was out of town. So so many be back in the so podcast. many things have arisen. Uh, I personally have become a drug addict. Started sleeping on the streets. That's been difficult. Um, yeah, that's, it's rough. So really, uh, <clears throat> we're good to have you. We're happy to have you back. Thanks for being part of the team again. I'm glad to be a part of the team. Podcast has been great though without me so far. Um, I've been enjoying the, uh, the Neil escapades right now that's going on on the analog out yeah. podcast. We definitely need another, <laughs> another person though. I can't do oh, it all yeah, myself sure. and Neil. Yeah. I was, uh, let's move right into this because this is something that neither of us have really, we, we've barely, aside from just texting here, that we've not talked really. So this is something that's kind of a big deal for both of us, which is the Analog Pocket made, oh yeah, made by, uh, the company Analog. Is that their whole name, Analog? Uh, I believe so. It's difficult because, you know, our name's Analog Out, it. It doesn't sound right. Uh, probably <laughs> should consider suing them. Yeah. Or at uh, least just get some free stuff. I'll take a free yeah, I'll take analog just, pocket. I'll tell you what, guys. I won't sue you if you just give me one of every <laughs> one of your devices. <laughs> so I have yet to buy one of these, any of their products. Uh, I want an analog mini or Analog NT Mini, uh, or one of the original Analog NTs, any, either one, uh, the NES FPGA console. I really want that because uh, Nintendo never released an NES that had, like, RGB out or even, like, S-Video out or anything. So uh, the best way to play your games on, like, real hardware in a higher fidelity would be the analog NT. So I'm willing to pay, and it's the only way to get like an analog output. They have those, they have a uh, device called the, I'm trying to think what what the name of this thing. Uh, It was an NES. um, 
I don't know. But they have a few of these FPGA NES devices, but none of them do analog video out. This is the cream of the crop, basically, company, when it regards to this. Yeah, so anyway, they announced that they're doing a portable handheld that, out of the box, supports Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance, and then with adapters, will support Lynx, Atari Lynx, Game Gear, and was there something else? Neo Geo Pocket Color. Yeah, that. that. So, you got six consoles, thousands and thousands and thousands of games, and it's on a screen that's the highest quality LCD screen that any console has ever been has ever had so it's like a higher higher pixel per inch uh screen than like the vita oh man um cream of the crop like you said really stylish got shoulder buttons so obviously it'll work for game boy advance it's got four buttons on the in the on the front like a kind of a diamond uh kind of like a diamond sequence which i've heard some complaints about but I don't think it's that big of a deal because you can just map the buttons, I'm sure, however you want them. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and a lot of these things usually come with like firmware updates later on and everything. Right, so the interesting thing about this was that they came out and were like, oh yeah, there's a second processor on there. It's open source for people that want to like develop their own cores. And essentially what they're saying in a roundabout way is, yeah, you can like pirate whatever you want on here and and yes. program it so you can play whatever. Which is pretty cool because you're going to have I'm sure there's going to be some interesting. You you can take the open source stuff that they already have for Genesis for the Mega SG for the NES for the Super Nintendo and take without any modification at all take that open source code and put it on that second processor and play uh, like hardware accurate games on the go with that stuff and that's like before anyone even does anything unique so day one for you yeah I think so it's like it's $200 you know what's crazy about this though is that Right around when they announced it, I was already starting to get more into like Game Boy collecting and playing a lot, yeah. playing my Game Boy games a lot more. And this kind of just uh, came at the perfect time for me. Uh, for me, the big thing is like, oh, and then uh, well, the biggest thing that we haven't brought up is that they're going to have a dock that allows you to hook it yes. up to a TV. Yes, and um, it's going to come. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come later on, I, th- I believe. Right. Yes, later on. But the thing is that now you have a hardware accurate emulator, hardware emulation of a Lynx, a Game Gear, a Neo Geo Pocket Color, a Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color. So, and really, um, a lot of those, it's the first time that it's been available to like play on the TV. Uh, yeah, like it's kind of a pain in the ass to get like game gear games to play and 
there's like adapters out there. I didn't I don't even I don't even think it ever it even came out like the Retron adapter. Did that? Ever you know, I'm not entirely launch? sure. I know that the Mega SG has a Game Gear adapter. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it does. So, I'm not entirely sure. I know that uh, the Game Gear is an issue because uh, most old TVs and old systems do 240p, and the Game Gear does like 176p or something, and also. Uh, the Game Gear is essentially a portable Master System, but the problem is that the Master System and the Genesis won't play Game Gear games because Game Gear has a larger palette of colors than the Master System does. So it's not... Yeah, there's like a lot of different things that make it difficult for it to be uh, compatible. So... That's inter- I was always wondering why like you could play Master System games on the Game Gear, but you can't play Game Gear games on the Master System. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of issues with the color and stuff. So it's a it's an interesting product. I'm glad that it's coming out. I will definitely buy this early. If not, I've, I'm on the wait list for pre order. So if it if it opens for pre orders at the right time and I have some scare, spare money, I'll I'll pre order it day one. You have me hardcore, like, contemplating the purchase for sure. Yeah, so that's why I brought it up, because you're a hardcore portable guy. What are your thoughts on it? No, I mean, if it does everything you say it does, because I'll be honest, like, I wasn't completely sure how, how the hardware itself worked, because I'm I'm just, I just don't dive into this stuff as, um, as deep as you do in, in regards to, like, hardware emulation. Right. Um, I... So I was still curious to see, like, oh, if I buy this, do I need to buy like a Lynx like flash cart to like to play ROMs on it, and when will and like will these actually be accurate to the game? Like, so basically, the way it's going to work is for the Lynx, the Game Gear, and the Neo Geo Pocket Color, they'll have adapters that you can plug actual uh, cartridges into. But for someone like you that's trying to be minimalistic, you don't want to start collecting games again and stuff, these these consoles always have uh, emulating emulation on them. Like you they they get jailbroken. They the creators of the consoles themselves will like release the jailbreaks unofficially and you can download ROMs onto them and stuff. So no, you won't need a flash cart. Will I notice any difference between putting a cart inside of it? Versus no, because doing it like a, uh, the way that it works is when you put the ROMs on it, it's it's no different than a flash cart. Like basically, the the way it'll work is that it's hardware emulation. So the as far as the system is concerned, it is a Game Boy or is an Atari Lynx, whatever, and. Uh, the processor is programmed to put out the same kinds of uh, processing speeds and and to basically think of itself as the processor for an Atari Lynx or the processor for a Game Boy. It gets reprogrammed every time you start a game on it. And uh, when you put ROMs on the system, the system reads those ROMs. The ROM files are exactly the same as the ones on the cartridge. So the cartridge is just a delivery system for delivering the ROMs to the system to play the game. But as far as the this 
uh, console is concerned, when you put the ROMs on like an SD card and put it in the system, it's that you know it's seeing those ROMs as if they were if they were on the the cartridge and then plays them like that. So, uh, like an EverDrive is just a delivery system for the ROMs. So it's no different than playing the game on the actual console itself. Uh, yeah, I mean that's basically the gist. Is like these analog consoles are as close as you can possibly get to having the actual real hardware. I mean, if that's the case, then you've pretty much sold me on it at that point. Yeah, I mean, their stuff because is. I, I've been looking. Their yeah. stuff is top notch. I've been looking for a way to play like Atari Link. Like, I mean, like I, uh, I sold you, or maybe gave gave. I, I forgot if I just. I think I just gave. Yeah, I I, I kind of sold you the Atari Links, uh-huh. and I wanted to play more of the, those games, but it was just impractical for me to like ever own that kind of device or even like start collecting right. those games. Yeah, so I mean, and if you're a collector too, or you like using real cartridges, like another great solution for this is to get this device and then get the flash carts for each of these systems. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. I it's. I mean, I'm already like really tempted by the um the the Mega SG. Yeah. The, the analog. Anal, what what do they call it? The me, the analog. The, it's Mega SG. Yeah. Mega SG. Yeah, I'm really tempted by that, but I mean, this is way more interest to me and much more in my price range. Yeah, I mean, it's the same price as the Mega SG. Well, I mean, I guess I, I want to rephrase that. Like the more bang for my buck, basically. Yeah. Like I'm getting more system. I'm getting more more. So the only uh, so the only caveat here is that the dock and and the and stuff are are sold separately. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I mean. Yeah. I want this like handheld thing to be as kick ass as it possibly can be, so I, I wouldn't expect two hundred dollars to have like a dock thrown. Well, and there. really, the two hundred dollars is the price of the screen and and the components. Like it's they're not selling yeah. it for a huge markup. It has a so top wanted, notch screen. If I wanted to get a hold of one of these things, so I, I put myself on the waiting list right now. And well, yeah, but they're after the analog after the analog NT. It's they're they're not that limited. Like I could go onto the site right now and buy a Mega SG or a, or a, a Super NT. Oh, okay, they're not super limited anymore, and I would imagine really because yeah, I, I always thought I always thought they had like waiting lists for like even the even like the. Uh the Super Nintendo. I think I I'm pretty sure that only the NES one was like ridiculously limited. Oh yeah, like the original analog and, and well, um, even the mini. Yeah, I, yeah. You can't get it anymore. You can't get any of them in any form. Wow, okay. Yeah, you can't at all. So uh yeah, there but but the Sega and the Super Nintendo one are not that limited, so I would be surprised if this one is I don't think it will be. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I can buy the analog Mega SG like right now if I want it. Yeah, so. Alright, uh, why don't you talk, did you watch any of that Blizzard event? For Overwatch, uh, 2 yeah, you're talking stuff. about the, the Overwatch Two announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Well, they actually. announced a few things. I don't know how much of it you watched. Um. Well, 
Well, let's just get into it. So basically, Blizzard recently made an announcement that everyone saw it was coming. It was heavily rumored and leaked, slash leaked, that Overwatch 2 was being announced at BlizzCon. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, are we, talk- are we-, are we talking about the actual announcements yeah, game-wise, the, the not, event. Not, not the controversy? Well, the event. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so I'm only really going to dive into Overwatch 2 announcements. So Overwatch 2 was announced, and basically it's kind of an expansion without calling expansion. So what it is is it's basically they're bringing it back to the team-based part uh, element and, and the story element. So there's going to be more story missions and it's all like player versus enemy type missions. This one, what, so it's like the, a single player mode. Uh, there's gonna be yeah, there's gonna be at like individual hero missions. I didn't see anything about like single player. Well, that's what it sounds like if you're just going through like a campaign. Well, yeah, but it's still multiplayer based. Oh, is it? Like, yes. All right. So how does it work yeah, then yeah, yeah. exactly? So. If you want to play all these new player versus enemy missions and these story levels, um, then you're going to buy Overwatch 2. And they're also going to re- they're revamping all the characters. They're bring- the- all the original heroes are going to be in this one, and they're bringing new heroes. But the thing about it that um, what they're doing with it is that they're carrying all over all the new heroes that um, they, uh, the uh, renovations they'll make to the original heroes and the new heroes will be brought to the original one as well. And Overwatch 2 players will still be able to play with Overwatch 1 players. So That's when I weird. first saw that, I thought, okay, so what, wait, what does this mean then? So basically all it means is, is that the new player versus enemy content is going to be strictly Overwatch 2, but all the revamps and the new maps and all that stuff are going to carry over to Overwatch 1, so you'll still be able to play with everybody. So the... It's basically, it sounds almost, so just the, P, the PvE is Overwatch 2? Yes, exactly. Um, sounds kind of just like a DLC pack. Yeah, it really does, but I mean... Is it $60? Uh, I mean, there's no announcement of price yet. I'm sure it will be. That's weird. But, yeah, it's, it's a little strange. I mean... I mean, I, I, the, the cinematics they released of the gameplay and stuff, it looks pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's not unknown for an expansion to come out and be, like, a full price, like, $40, oh, yeah. $60. Back in our day, so, like, when, like, PC expansions and shit came out, they were, like, full games. Dude, I remember paying um, The Sims Living Large, the first Sims expansion. I paid for that. Oh, God. <laughs> How much was that? $50? I'm sure it was full price. Yeah, I don't remember the exact price. But Living large. Living large. What was funny about that is that it's a good crank story because we pirated the original Sims. <laughs> <laughs> so I like was so hyped about the Sims Living Large that I like was like, a stupid kid and made my like mom buy it and everything. And then like we try to install it and it doesn't work obviously because I don't have a legit copy of the first one. Right. <laughs> so nailed it. But anyways. Overwatch 2, so, yeah, they released a few, like, ga- they released a gameplay trailer, they released a, because, you know, they do, like, these cinematics, they release all- alongside their announcements, usually, they did a cinematic that connects right. the two games, so, basically, the first game opens up with Winston, the uh, the gorilla, uh, calling for Overwatch to come back together, Overwatch 2 is basically the team coming back together, and now actually doing these missions together. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town, so... 
it's coming out for everything. It'll be out in all consoles, including Switch and PC. When? So, um, no announcement date. It's just it was literally just an, an announcement that they're that they're working on it. So, who knows? Uh, okay. Well, it sounds like a lukewarm reception. Yeah, I mean, it's just because it's not. To me, it's just well, because Overwatch at heart is a like multiplayer deathmatch type deal. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the thing is, people people have been wanting more story elements to the game for a while, so I think this is just them giving them people giving people people that. Yeah, well, not giving it to them, we're selling it to them. But yeah, I mean, I'm not like hyped about it, but it ha- but I'm definitely interested. I definitely appreciate the fact that like I'm not gonna have to buy it right away, and that I can still play with all my friends online, like on the, in the first one. Right, and all those changes are gonna are gonna carry over. So they also but announced. People, uh, oh yeah, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, I guess what I wanted to ask you was: some people are are the people who are disappointed by this are the people who are saying, "Well, this is not even like a real sequel." Like I play Call of Duty, and when the new Call of Duty comes out, there are noticeable differences between how the game actually plays in in regards to like being a shooter. Like yeah. So are there though? I guess people are. I mean that's that was in my head too. So the thing the thing is I'm not a hardcore online game player. Like I'm a casual player. Like I play online games casually. I don't I don't get like super competitive with it. It's just something to just relax for me. So I don't really notice like crazy differences when it comes to shooters because I'm just not into them. I didn't know if you I were just familiar. don't really see it as a sequel only because when I think of a sequel I think of something that I if I really love the first game I have to buy and if I'm a if I'm an online Overwatch player, there's no and there's no reason for me to buy Overwatch two, and so then I kind of just am like, well, it's not really a sequel. It's kind of like just an expansion of a specific game type, and only a very small percentage of Overwatch players are going to be into that. Yeah, I mean, it is worth noting there will be a new. Um uh, player versus player mode as well. I didn't quite see if that's going to carry like, over the first one. If I think that, re- if, that one will. If will they stay. released Splatoon three and it was only a single player mode, nobody would buy it. Yeah. So, and that's kind of how I look at it. It's just like you can call it Splatoon three and release it, but it's not really the same game. And especially if they're like. Yeah, it's got an online mode, but it's the same as Splatoon 2, and everyone who has Splatoon 2 can play it. It's like, okay, well, you're just releasing a single-player DLC, basically. Yeah. So, eh, I mean, it's whatever. It's Blizzard. They also announced Diablo 4. Did you see any of that? Uh, I mean, I didn't see, like, any gameplay or video yet, like... Uh, what do you mean, do you, like an expansion to Diablo Four? No, Diablo Four. I mean, Diablo, oh, Diablo, Diablo Four. I'm so stupid that I forget that Diablo Three is the latest one, not Four. You own it. But go ahead. Uh, I did. I, I already. <laughs> I sold it pretty quick. Oh really? Oh yeah. Like I got so. I just bored remember of it you playing it with Lars and uh, Dave. Dave, yeah, we played it together, and I was expecting like a mindless dungeon crawler. I but. I, I guess I got what I expected, but I just I remember don't know why being I confused as to why you all got it. 
but just because I I like I've been wanting just a casual online game experience, like it just just hanging out with friends and just playing a game. But well, then you're waiting for Animal Crossing. Exactly. This was beyond boring to me. Like I don't know if I'll piss off any listeners out there, but I just I could not get into Diablo at all. Dave and Lars were having a blast. Like I got I got them both into it. I feel like it's very much and a I, Lars game. And then I game. pieced out. Yeah, I mean, it's not. A, there was just it's definitely not to a pat it. game. Even even like the higher difficulties, I was even like, "Is it?" So what happens in the higher difficulties? Oh, they just have more health. I'm like, I I don't understand how this is fun. I really it's, love I'm Darkest just, Dungeon as far as dungeon crawlers go, but it's it's very different. Oh, well, Darkest Dungeon is like a turn based. Right. Yeah. 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 I guess what I was hoping for is that, like, I'd like a Fantasy Star Online ex- type experience again. That'd be great. I mean, uh, Fantasy Star yeah. Online 3 is supposed to be coming out soon, too. Yeah. So. In America, anyway. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm... Because it's already out where you're at. <laughs> for 10 years now. Yeah, I guess now. I'll just... Yeah. <laughs> uh, they didn't maybe announce much else. Um, they... Oh, so the big thing that really is more our bread and butter is uh they a while about a month ago a few weeks ago now they had an overwatch tournament and the winner of the tournament during his uh his interview said uh on tv live tv that he 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 basically yelled out the slogan for Pro Hong Kong protests. Uh, I forget exactly what he said. Do you remember? It was just like, "I support Hong Kong" or, or something like that. I think it. I think it literally just might have been "Free Hong Kong." Right. Um, looking it up. Something but. along those lines, and uh, <laughs> the interviewers were so like scared that they like hit literally. Not joke, not not exaggeration. They literally like got. Un- they hid under the desk. <laughs> Did you know that? No, I'm like watching a clip of it right now. But the people interviewing him like got on the ground and like crawled underneath the desk because they were scared of what China would do if they pretended like they were okay with him saying that. And Blizzard being the really thoughtful and altruistic company that they are, uh got scared because China gives them lots of money and they banned him from playing and they took his money back for a, for a year for a they year, banned him yeah. for a year they took all his prize money and they fired the two interviewers which what could have those two interviews have done done differently absolutely I don't understand nothing what they expected yeah nothing yeah so the backlash was rightfully quite strong on this. Uh, people got very upset. Uh, actually, is so is do they talk about the Hong Kong protests in Japan? Like, what's what's the deal with that over where you're at? Uh, I mean, I I, I don't really uh, intermingle with too many social circles to like really know their opinion on it. But they don't. You don't know if they talk about it on the news and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I hear about it in the news all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, I follow um, NHK, which is like the Jap- like the it's basically like the PBS of Japan. Right. Um, 
Yeah, they're constantly talking about it. Absolutely. Because they don't like China in Japan. <laughs> they're not friends. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, chances are they probably want Hong Kong to remain separate and have their freedom. It's hard to say. I, I can't even really comment on that. Well, I know they hate China, so they probably want yeah. them to lose this political battle. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... And then it, it turned into such a shit show. And then, like, LeBron James came out. I mean, this was separate from the Overwatch thing, but LeBron James came out and uh, was, like, su- in support of China. And the NBA started, like, covering their own asses because some some NBA players, like, criticized China and then... And uh, the NBA is like they get a they get so much money from China. Oh yeah, and uh, so then the NBA market. came out and covered their asses with that, and it, it just turned into this whole shit show of a bunch of pussies who uh, were trying to cover their asses so they got more money from China. Because China does not fuck around at all. If they if you say something that they don't like, they're like, all right, you're banned from our country now. Oh yeah. So I mean, I, I'm in the middle with it, where it's like I don't really know what. Well, definitely, well, definitely, Blizzard could have handled things far differently, but it's also just the nature of a global market where I don't really know what people expect. Yeah, but it's also just because it's been going on for a long time with like Marvel movies and even like Queen was like sent like like major movies are always like censored for China and changed around. So it's a very strange topic because we have like super liberal like Hollywood in, in the in the media and press is like uh you know how how they come off. And then but meanwhile in China they're they're like bending over backwards to appeal to their government. Yep. So it's a very it's strange not a good world situation. We're in, but I, but yeah. No, I mean I and I don't really ever see any real <laughs> meaningful out, like outcome out of it. There's just far too much money involved. Yeah, and not to get political or anything, but just on a, at a glance, their people don't seem to care too much either. So it's not like they're rioting and trying to overthrow them. Just seems like the oh, way yeah, it's going to sure. be for a long time. So anyway, yeah, exactly. so Blizzard during this conference uh, decided to uh, acknowledge it because people have been very unhappy with them since, and they... Basically, give like a really weak non-apology where they're like, uh, "We didn't, we acted too quickly, and we didn't handle it in the best way. We're sorry." <laughs> okay, great. I mean, yeah, whatever. They just want they want their your money, and if if that's a good enough apology, then thank you, and buy Overwatch too. <laughs> yes, basically, that's all it is. Yeah. What else we got here? Oh, the the Game of Thrones chumps lost their Star Wars trilogy. Did you see that? No. Yeah, their Star Wars trilogy was canceled. And 
right around the same exact time that they publicly spoke, uh, I think at like a convention recently, and they were asking, and uh, the they were really like kind of smug and and acknowledged that they uh, that they basically didn't give a shit about the Game of Thrones finale and like never really did any research on whether it everything would like add up and fit together and they were they were kind of just really really kind of dismissive and just like yeah we just did whatever we wanted and uh we fucked it up but they didn't say that but they were just like yeah we just did whatever we wanted and uh, we didn't care what what people <coughs> thought or we didn't do any research shortly after that interview they canceled their Star Wars trilogy, thankfully. God. Because... You know what's funny is that I didn't even really even know about this trilogy too much. Oh, really? Nah, I wasn't familiar with it. I'm so out of the loop when it comes to like Star Wars news because there's just so much of it that I kind of just glaze over. Yeah, they're, so, they're, so they were uh, given a Star Wars trilogy, and that's actually... A lot of people believe that's the main reason why they just rushed through the final season of Game of Thrones and ruined it. Uh, Basically, the way that they handled it was HBO was like, yeah, you know, if you guys want, you could do another season or two, or you could at least like do another, you know, they only did like six or, or they only did six or eight episodes of the final season when every other they did, I think they might have done seven episodes in the final season, and every other season had been ten episodes. And game and HBO was like, you know, you guys could do another season or two, or maybe even just you know a full season for the final season. And they were just like, nah. And a lot of people believe that that's because they wanted to like rush through it and get to their Star Wars trilogy. Mm. So. Uh, obviously didn't work out too well for them. Hopefully, they will never work in Hollywood again. Uh, so, what's the what? What? Where's the Star Wars trilogy at now? It's been canceled. Okay, so it's just completely done. It's been canceled. Yep, uh, they're done. That trilogy's done. They have a whole slew of stuff uh, coming on the heels of uh, <laughs> Disney Plus. Are you familiar? Oh with yeah, those? I mean, it's gonna that yeah, that's where, that's where the Star Wars t- uh, show is going to be released on, right? Yeah, so you have the new uh, the uh, Mandalorian show, which is like a bounty hunting show, and then you've also got the Obi Wan show, and then you've got the uh, <laughs> Star Wars Rebels show, and then you've got the <laughs> Star Wars Clone Wars final season, and then. <laughs> And I'm sure there'll be some other shows, too. Uh, And then, so... But as far as the Star Wars trilogy from the Game of Thrones chumps, that was canceled, and then they came out. Bob Iger, everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. He's the president, CEO of Disney. He came out and said they're going to take a long break after Episode Nine, which is a really just, as far as movies go, really an eye-opener because... I think they expected this series to be like a Marvel moneymaker and found out quite quickly that 
the series is rather shallow and you can't make a billion movies out of it. Yeah. So it's uh really not looking good for Star Wars. I mean, has it looked good? No. Before? Like and recently. <laughs> and the uh the Star Wars land has been a huge flop for them apparently. Yes, it has. I mean, I, I just think that's just in regards to they should have waited to open it. Till they had the other ride. Right. You need, like, that flagship attraction to, like, anchor in the whole area. And, and that just, was the they, flagship they, they attraction. Yes. The other so attraction is okay, it'll, but yeah. the other one is the, mm-hmm. the main reason. Mm-hmm. And it'll it, be like opening, opening Harry Potter up with, like, the journey to uh, the ride not be open. It sounds insane. Like, I actually was at a party recently, and one of the... I, there was a guy at the party who was a, uh intern for, for the Imagineers, and uh, he was telling me about the ride, and it sounds nuts. Like, he was saying that at one point you're in, like, an elevator getting onto the ride, and Kyle Ren is, like, on top of the elevator and, like, plunges his... Uh, lightsaber through the ceiling of the elevator and starts to like cut around it and he said that like they invented all this crazy new technology to make it look like there's like a lightsaber coming through the ceiling and cutting a hole through the roof and stuff jeez yeah and that's just that's not even the ride that's like the the build up to the ride and that's what I mean man like uh, because of right now, Star Wars Land, all these pictures I've seen on Instagram are just that to me. I'm like, all right, these are like Instagram photo opportunities because it looks, it look. I mean, you gave it good reviews. It looks interesting, but like, that's it. It just looks interesting. Right. It doesn't look like something that I need to, need to travel to go see. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm definitely going to be there, hopefully opening week for that other ride when it opens in a few, in, at December 5th. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got any, All right. You got anything you want to bring up? Yeah. Here? Sure. So, I mean, just uh, I feel like I'm the Google Stadia representative now because I'm <laughs> always chiming in with the shitty Stadia news. This is uh, my uh, this is Bowman Stadia <laughs> news. So, no, it's not much news about um, Google Stadia versus latency. Um, IGN recently had a interview. Uh. Who's a, the engin- engineering, the VP of engineering? I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, they talked about how he basically he went into how they're gonna deal with latency. They, oh, is just, this the you know, is that the like, negative latency comments? Maybe where they're he gonna, they're gonna beat physics and have <laughs> negative. Well. I watched the video and took some notes on it. So, but what what their goal is is, as we all know, is that they want to offer 4K 60 frames per second, and most of us think that's just not possible. And then, and again, they went into that free games will appear regularly, and it's going to work just like PlayStation Plus, where you're going to claim these games every month or whatever interval. They didn't say an interval, but it'll be kind of like PlayStation Plus in that regard. Mm-hmm. So. The latency techniques I want to dive into. 
here's some key points here. They're going to run games at 120 frames per second on the actual computers. Uh-huh. I don't understand how... I, the, the, I'm not an expert, but does that help any latency at all? Well, <laughs> the way I, <laughs> I, the way I understand it, it is that no matter how you play the games on the actual computer, it's all about the information being sent over the internet and the speed of which that connection is made. So, for instance, I have a computer here. I have a game running on it. Essentially, what Google Stadia is doing in a very layman term is if I called you up and was like, Bowman, do you want to play this game? And you're like, yeah. And then I have the game running on my computer, and you're like, okay, go left. And then I, being at my house, hit left on the controller. That it, It's all dependent on how quickly I hear you and how quickly I'm moving it to the left. That's that's basically how, right, right. how streaming works. So it's, it's, you know, you have it running on a computer, and, you're, and that computer is sending the image of the screen through the internet to your house. You see that image, and then you say, okay, I'm... I want to. I want to jump. You hit jump. You press the button on the controller. It then sends that signal to the computer at Google. Gives it the input to jump. It then jumps. Then it sends that image back over the internet to you, and you're seeing. Okay, it's jumping now. So it's all about the amount of time that it takes for the information to get from Google to you, from you to Google, and then back from Google to you. Let me just go through this list of uh, techniques he suggests here. So depending on the user's inputs, there will be adjustments and calculations uh, over time. So it's going to look for patterns in the the user's inputs. Profiles for game types. The scene in the game, the player, like whether or not you're watching uh, a cinematic scene, whether or not you're playing an FPS, a fighter, an RPG, there's going to be different profiles. What's more important? Um... The quality of the image, or how quickly that image is, tra- is uh, the, the latency. Um, he said, might not happen on day one. There might be some delay. Surprise, surprise. It's constantly evolving. So, the way I mean, he did. They, I've yeah. heard them use the term negative latency, which is just not even a thing. Uh, and then it got really worrisome. I don't know. This is a little, this was a little while ago. I don't know how old this, what you're reading is, but, um, not like a few weeks ago or a month ago or so, they started talking about how the games at a point would like predict how what you were gonna do. Exactly. Yes. Depending, yes. He, he mentioned that in this video. That sounds like dog shit. Yes, it does. <laughs> the game will play for I mean, you. <laughs> he says, and he also said in the interview, every game has latency already as it is. It's impossible to be able to. Uh, per, the game can't read your mind already, so he's just we're just we're, we're just implementing this technology into our video codec technology. So sure, but your I brain, mean, the uh, average human brain, is able to predict. So it's when you're there's latency, and you you learn to uh, get used to that, and you're like, okay, I know that this thing is going to come up and kill me. I better I better uh, react ahead of time and like preemptively jump knowing that something's about to pop out at me and, and, and kill me. 
and they're trying to implement the complex that that complexity of the human brain into a computer that's streaming a game to you. It's not the same at all. He's right that there's latency no. because no human is capable of, you know, moving and thinking at zero milliseconds. But it's it it's part of it's just part of the the game experience where I'm playing Mario and I'm like, okay, I've played this level a few times. I know that right coming up here something's gonna get me. So I better get ready and jump even before I see it. That's fine. But it's different when you then give that power to somebody else, a computer in this case, and, and it does it for you. Yep. All so they can sell their shitty service at $10 a month to you. Well, the service itself will be free, and the, and the, but there's like a pro, the pro service, which is what gives you the more, the most bang for your buck. Five point one, five point one audio, four K, mm. 60, 60 frames per second, all that stuff. It's so. like I'm playing in a movie theater. <laughs> so I can pay all this money and um, have the experience like I have the console, or I could pay all that money and just have the console. Yeah. I don't know. It all sounds pretty <laughs> stupid. I, once again, it's going to be have to wait and see. But I don't. I very much do not expect this thing to get good reviews when it comes out. Yeah, I'll be curious. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess I can move into my next topic. It's not really a topic, but it's just that this happened a little bit ago. But Sony PlayStation, uh, they revamped their PlayStation Now service. In terms of how much it costs and what, and they're trying mm-hmm. to revamp like the offerings of it because it's basically it completely pales in comparison to the Xbox Game Pass. Right. So, as it stands right now, you can play PlayStation Four games, PS Three, PS Two games on it, just to stream. Uh, PS Four games and PS Two games you can download onto your console now. Right. So, they recently lowered the price where it's like. God, I want to get the exact price point here, but it's it, but it's it's actually not a bad deal now. Like, um, it's like sixty bucks for the year, I think. Okay, that's pretty good. But the yeah, it's really good. But obviously, the streaming option is completely out for me. Like, obviously, I have I have my uh really crappy ADSL internet connection over here. Um, surprisingly, I can play online games fine. Like, I I honestly have had zero issues playing online games. Um. Well, maybe like Smash Brothers, obviously. But uh, when it comes to the actual streaming, it's just not possible for me. I just can't do it. Like, I was surprised it even worked at all. I so can't for me, do it's, it. it's all. I just can't do it. So I have to download the games. So, but the problem with the service, and this is my review, my opinion of the service, is that the offerings that they have just like nothing, nothing is really that compelling. Where in a lot of these games that they offer that are even worth, that are even, you know, decent games have been out for a long time and you can get them cheap right and what they're doing now is they're rolling out temporary games more often like big hitter games so these temporary games they rolled out when they changed the service was grand theft auto 5 god of war the remake uncharted 4 a thief's end and now we have infamous a second son these games have been available for for a long time especially grand theft auto 5 and uncharted 4 and even then, they put a timer on them. They're only available... They're, these are only available until January. Mm. 
and then they plan on refreshing this and then and then also recently they added persona 5 middle earth shadow of war and uh, hollow knight but persona 5 middle earth are only available till february and uh do you get to keep them if you have it or do they go away completely they go away well good luck anyone out there who's considering starting persona 5 and finishing it by february that's the thing, man. I mean, it's just, and they commented on it too. They they talked about how they don't want to hurt their like, they're not gonna. I don't expect them to do an Xbox Game Pass met, uh, method for it, but they basically responded to it and said we don't want to hurt the game sales of our flagship games. That's why we're not really putting them anywhere near the service for a while. Yeah, but I th- think they're taking it a little bit too far because now the way they're doing it now is that they're waiting till these games are basically cut price to shit. And no one's really buying them that much right now. Then they'll throw them up on there, but then they'll put a timer on them too. So, yeah, I mean, the the service is very affordable, but I just wish that they would make more efforts to actually make it a meaningful service. Because right now it's just kind of just I don't even I don't really know who the service is really for. Uh, I mean, it, it's the price of a single game per year, though. Yeah, and also, yeah. do you does it still do you, does it work on PS3? Because I remember there was a bunch of like PS1 games and stuff on there, wasn't there? Mm, I'm not familiar with that, there, but no, it does not work on PS3. It's only on PS4 and and uh, PC. It it was on Vita at one point, but that's gone. Okay. Yeah, it, it seems so. like a cool service. It's so cheap that it's like I don't really care if they get rid of them after a few months. Because there's so many games on there. Yeah. It's just I mean, the streaming thing is what's it, what's kept me away from it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it would just be nice if they actually had the uh, PS3 games available for download as well. I think it's, I just it's just really, just like, really difficult to emulate those games. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Because of the weird so. fucking like, six-core processor they use, or they, they have, like, it wasn't like three processors on the board, something like that. It was it was they the way they developed it was weird shit, and it was it made it very difficult to develop for and, and emulate. Well, one thing that is interesting, I mean, I will give it credit for too, is that any game that has online multiplayer in it, you will get that online multiplayer, even though if you don't have PlayStation Plus, they will give you full access to those games that they're that they're giving you. Wow. Hmm. So that's something. Well, I remember the good old days in the PS3 when the old multiplayer was free. <laughs> we're well, we're way past that, my friend. Those days are done. Well, it's funny because it, it it kind of because I'm so frugal with my game purchases now that it, it really does dictate how I play online games too now because my brothers want me to play Overwatch with them on PlayStation, and I'm just like, eh, I don't play any online games on PlayStation. So if I buy, I have to buy Overwatch. Then I have to pay PlayStation the membership. Plus, baby. Yeah, pl- pay pay for that, and then I can play online with you guys. Like it's just, it's not worth it. To Sounds me. like so, shit all around. Yeah, so I, I mostly just play online games on my Switch at this point, just because I just want a game on one platform. I, well, well, rather, I want I only want to pay one online membership fee.
did you hear about this Scorsese quote from about the Marvel movies everyone's been flipping out about? I just scrolled past the uh, the article. I didn't read it. I didn't click it though because it just looked like a clickbait article to me. Oh, Martin Scorsese. He got in some hot water because he said that uh, Marvel movies are not true cinema. They're just like theme park rides. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. But given the fact that uh, every Joe Schmo in the world goes to see these Marvel movies, of course, everyone got really upset because they felt threatened. And we were like, what? You're telling me that these movies I've been seeing aren't real good movies? <laughs> <laughs> and everybody got upset. Oh, man. I'm sure they did. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh because they're absolutely not like art. They are a product. These movies are created in a boardroom by a bunch of people who don't know anything about movies and they go, well, we got to have Captain America uh, pick up Thor's hammer. And the, well, the crowd will love that. How can you expect creativity out of these movies when they're planning their sequels like 20 years in the future? Right. Mapping out every single movie. That's not how storytelling works. When, when an author just says, I'm going to make this book, but I'm already, but while they're, while they're writing their first book, they're already playing the fifth book out, spinoff. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's never it's a good not, practice. And what's really, what's really terrible about it is, like, Martin Scorsese, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, he has been trying to... Are you familiar with The Irishman that's about to come out? Uh, no. Okay, well, he's, he's about to release a movie uh, with Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, and Robert De Niro. And it's kind of a big deal because Joe Pesci's like coming out of retirement, and it's the first time that all four of them have worked together. Like Al Pacino's never worked with Scorsese. So he's making this movie and it's, you know, it's getting rave reviews. It's got like a 98% on Rotten Tomato. It's uh, supposed to be a masterpiece. And he could not find a studio to make this movie because, Oh my God. Yeah. Because all that these studios care about now is these, are these like big franchise superhero movies and, uh, all these universe building you know, oh, you got to have 30 movies in our in our extended universe. And uh, he could not find a studio to make this. And, and Netflix was the only company that stepped up and was like, yeah, we'll, we'll pay for your movie. It's, Man, it's really sad. I mean, geez. And so... The film industry really is in a shit show right now. Yeah, so that's kind of why he made these comments, I think, is just because he's fed up and and it that's absolutely the the case i mean there's times where i go to the movie theater and there's literally three fucking marvel movies in the theater well it's unfortunate because he's right like it does affect projects like this i didn't even know about this movie because i'm just so fed up with the film industry that i don't really pay attention that much anymore because it's just that's it's it's always been pretty bad, like, in regards to, like, this trash that they show, but now it's just, those are the big blockbuster movies, though. Every single one of them yeah. are those Marvel movies, and so those just completely flood the market, and 
you don't. Have, there's no room for movies like his anymore. There was seriously a time in this last summer when I went to the movie theater, and in one theater, there was they were playing uh, Spider-Man Two, Avengers, Endgame, and Captain Marvel. We're all in the theater at the same time. <laughs> it's nuts. It's nuts. So yeah. it's not just Marvel. It's not just Marvel. It's all it's all these no, huge, huge big blockbusters nowadays. So you know, you've got the Universal Monsters extended universe. <laughs> I mean Yeah, I mean that's just where we're at now, right right now. I mean it's even affected like, like back home, like my the independent theater I worked for. All like the big indie movies and stuff like that. They go they go on streaming services. Yeah, and even those are like it's just overly saturated with all these movies, and you don't know which one is even halfway decent. And then and you go to the theaters, and it's just all like Marvel movies, Fast and the Furious franchise, Star Wars, things that have been beaten to death. So it's uh it's tough. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Keep keep working at it, Marty. Maybe one day you'll you'll break nah, through. Nah, good for him for speaking up. Yeah. Yeah, good for him for speaking up, speaking up for sure cuz I'm I'm sure that that cuz well, the thing is there's not a lot of people who have the balls to say like stuff like that now. They have they have far too much to lose. Well, and it's also all these places that are going nuts on them too. Think about it. It's like IGN and uh, Polygon and all these places where it's like their bread and butter comes from people who salivate and come themselves over these. Oh my God! Did you see the next Marvel trailer, dude? Did you see after the credits? Yeah. Oh and my so God! So that's where that's, I can't believe they're bringing so and so back. Right. That's like their main audience. So of course they're gonna make uh, articles and be like, "Can you believe what Martin Scorsese said about comic book movies?" <laughs> He's attacking. He's attacking us, us nerds and gamers. Yeah. So. Oh boy. Yeah, it's 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 pretty awful stuff. But and I'm gonna get clear. Like, it's completely fine if you like these movies. Oh, like, I'm not trying to say I've enjoyed. That. Like, I, I've enjoyed yeah, yeah. some of them. They can be they can be a lot of fun, but they are not. They almost none of them are, are unique, and they're very they're very formulaic, and they're not risky and they are products not movies really i mean they're movies technically but they're not like a work of art that someone came up with it's a it's a formula yeah all right uh you got anything else you want to talk about i got a couple of reviews here for when we're done with the news uh let's see here something to note uh well actually I don't have anything to talk about it, but I was wondering if you do. Um, a new person has emerged in Smash Brothers. Could you tell I, us about how he is? Yeah, I actually I haven't played it yet. They oh, it released okay. he released yesterday, I believe. Okay. And I haven't had a chance to play him yet, and I wasn't going to bring it up until I played it. But yeah, I watched most of the forty-five minute video that uh, Sakurai released. Did you see that? Nah, I didn't watch it. I mean, I don't. I don't have the fighters pack still. Looks so like I a just... really technical character. Yeah. Um, he's like Ryu 
in that he's got fighter. He comes from a fighting game, and you can do all the fighting inputs to do his special moves. But and but this one, he seems more technical in the sense that with Ryu, I think it's just an option where it's like, yeah, you can do down forward punch to do a Hadouken, but with him, uh, with uh, uh, fuck, what's his name? Um, Terry Bogard. Yeah, Terry Bogard from King of Fighters, you can do, uh, there's like, you can do a, like he has like a down forward attack uh, that he does, and you can do like a weak one, a strong one, and then like a a normal one and a super strong one by using the special buttons or doing the inputs, and then also if you, and there's like, you can do A or B to do when you do the inputs and it will do a weak or a strong attack. And then if you do, if you just press the button, it does a normal one. But if you do the inputs and press the strong attack, it's like slightly stronger than the one just using the special button, things like that. So there's a lot of like technical aspects to him. Um, it seems pretty interesting, but no, I have not had a chance to play with him yet. I, so what are you playing right now? Uh, oh, wait. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So well, I'll tell you what I have been doing is seeing some movies, and I saw... Ah, uh, yeah, your reviews. I saw The Lighthouse twice in theaters. Uh, By choice? Yeah. And, wow. Um, it's directed by Robert Eggers. He's the guy who did The Witch, which, in my opinion, is the best horror movie in the last 20 to 30 years. So... I was pretty excited for this. It stars uh, Robert Pattinson and, uh, uh, of course, I'm drawing a fucking blank now, uh, on, uh, da, uh, Green Goblin. Oh, God, Willem Dafoe? Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, he's a Florida project, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody knows who Willem Dafoe is except for me right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, who's actually a really great actor, and don't judge him based solely on the fact that he was in Twilight. And uh, it's, like I said, it was written and directed by Robert Eggers, the guy who did The Witch. It's about uh, two guys who are slowly just losing their minds on uh, Deserted on a Lighthouse. And it... Uh, Super stylistic, filmed in black and white, filmed in full screen, four by three aspect ratio, which really, really lended to the to the overall claustrophobic feeling of of the film. I, I loved I loved the choice to to do it in four three, and it was just a it. They knocked it out of the park. The performances are incredible. It, you could go see the movie alone for uh, just the. The monologues by Willem Dafoe—they were—they're so good, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's a horror movie, but not really. I—I I don't even know how to classify this movie in genre-wise. It's a horror movie, but it's also a like psychological thriller. Uh, it's strange. I had the reason why I saw it a second time was because I needed to see it a second time in order to give like a real cohesive 
opinion on it because when I walked out the first time, I wasn't quite sure what had just happened. So it is a strange movie. Uh, it, it it's definitely not for everyone. It's very slow. It's two hour movie, and it's just two guys in a lighthouse. So if you're in, if you're expecting like a spooky jump scare movie or uh, a big action film or something, and if you can't be entertained by watching two guys talk in a room for two hours, then this isn't the movie for you. But from a from a tech from a just a technological aspect in uh like a from a technical aspect it was incredible it, it, the the cinematography the dialogue the performances all just top notch can't recommend this movie enough it really leaves you feeling unsettled and confused and you almost feel like you've spent the last you know 5 months in a lighthouse losing your mind Oh man! So highly recommended. Yeah, I want to see it, but there's like no showtime for Japan. Well, it's (laughs) yeah. I mean, it was difficult for me to hunt down a showing here in America. Oh boy, yes. Yeah, I had to drive all the way to Winter Park to see it. Forty-five, fifty minutes away. So. And then uh, I also saw, and this is a movie that you could see in Japan, uh, is uh, Terminator Dark Fate. We have tickets. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, Pat. I'm not surprised. Oh, no. You bought tickets already? Yeah, she gets, um, uh, my girlfriend gets cheap tickets through her company. And Um, are you going, when are you going? We don't have a we don't have a date planned yet, but we have we have like the like these they're basically like gift card tickets. Like, you, you but are they for that specific you, you can, movie? Yes, it yes it is. Oh People boy, for that, ticket, for, for that movie. So, oh man, uh, oh no, movie was not good. Thankfully, <laughs> the end of the movie, the projector broke, and I got my money back. So that was a win. Oh my god, that's the highlight of the movie. That was a win. Is that I got my <laughs> money back and they gave me a voucher for another movie, so I actually came out ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you you profited off that movie. Oh wow. Yeah. So, uh, I dislike the movie. I, I, I mean, here's the thing: you're gonna be like, this is absolute dog shit. I'm the biggest Terminator fan around, so like I got some basic level of enjoyment out of it. But as someone for someone who's like not into is not obsessed with Terminator like I am, you're gonna be like, this is fucking dog shit. Well, I love Terminator, so I'm sure fine with just seeing you trash. you love Terminator, but like, did you go to see Terminator Genesis? Yeah, I saw all of them. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if you can. If you can get some enjoyment out of that, then you you might yeah. enjoy it a little bit. But it's you know I'm not going to spoil anything because there's there's every single article out there spoils stuff. Like I within 12 hours of the movie releasing, I saw articles like oh uh, how 
why did they kill off this character? It's all like clickbait stuff. Oh, geez. and so there's a lot of spoilers to have, but I will tell you, I will say this much to give you an idea of like how off the rails it went. And when I was like, okay, well, this is how it's going to be is, you know, in like Terminator one and two, how nothing happens for the, fir- until the end of the first act, like you have like 20, 30 minutes of building up the characters and the world and stuff before a single gun is fired off or anything like you know, you have time to meet John Connor in Terminator 2 and, like, figure out what he's like. And he's got his friend, and he's riding around on his dirt bike. He hates his step-parents, and, you know, he's whatever. He doesn't believe in it. He doesn't believe his mom's bullshit. Uh, this movie starts out, and within 10 minutes, you know that scene in the trailer when the, the, uh, the girl person... I don't even know what to call her, and the, the, the bad Terminator, like, fighting in that factory with the sledgehammer. Yes, yes. That's, in, that's like, ten minutes in. And well, <sighs> before you, like, know who any of the characters are or anything, and I'm like, okay, so this is what this movie's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a great... Uh, wasn't a great piece of cinema. Let's put it that way. All right, well. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I saw this coming, but I saw this coming. Yeah. The sad part <laughs> is that all the pieces were there for it to be decent. Like, James Cameron came back as a producer. The guy who did Deadpool, who seems to be competent enough, directed this. But I think it was a situation of trying to make a social statement and also too many cooks in the kitchen where they have like five or six writers. Uh, like the yep. guy who wrote Sarah Connor Chronicles was a writer. James Cameron was a writer. The director was a writer. The guy who wrote uh, the like someone from involved in like T23D was a writer. Like there's so many fucking writers and people trying to add their own shit into it whatever i mean it's it's trash it flopped harder than any other movie in many years i don't know if you knew that i mean it's like a huge financial loss i assumed because it came out and like no one's talking about it yeah it's like a huge financial loss one of the biggest in a decade so uh, this will be the end of Terminator, and I you know, honestly, you know, they probably should have stopped at two two three D. So, it is what it is. But I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. Uh, my my condolences for your loss. Yeah. Well, this was the last hurrah. I mean, after this one, like Arnold's not getting any younger. He his Terminator days are over. <laughs> They're done. I mean. He'll he'll do it all the way to his grave if someone pays him. He fucking loves playing a Terminator. Yeah, but you're definitely not going to get Linda Hamilton back again. I uh, probably not. I'm sure she regrets it now. Well, she didn't want to do it to begin with. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's uh, they really blew it. They had a really good opportunity here, and they shit it down the drain. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. All right. Well, anyway, what have you been up to? Uh, let's move on to the next segment of the show, which is what's Bowman been doing with his life? 
Well, uh, yeah, it's fall right here, so it's really nice. So yesterday, uh, my girlfriend and I went out to uh, uh, Koya-san, like Koya Mountain, uh-huh. which was really beautiful. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like the the moji, the uh, like the, the autumn leaves in Japan. I saw your pictures. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. So we traveled about like two hours away, took a cable car, all this stuff, and try and it's it's just like a bunch of shrines, temples, and um, the largest like burial site I've ever walked through. It's just never ending, never ending. All those graves. So many. And then it gets really weird towards the end because there's company graves. <laughs> so for like, like companies that went out of business, or no, 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 not not that, not, not like that. But like, <laughs> uh, I guess one of them was like Nissan, where there's like some maybe some work related accidents or something, maybe. And they had a, they had a thing up, but it was just like, hey, tell me, tell me that. I'm like, that would be kind of nice if it wasn't for the fact that there's like a silver Nissan yeah, logo on top of this fuck? grave. <laughs> Yeah. All right, we'll that pay for the grave, but we got to put the logo on there. I told her I'm like I, I want to be a, on a I want to be in a Dolan's burial site. Yeah, that'd be good. Could you imagine have Ronald? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have Ronald like sticking his thumbs up and stuff next to you. He's and, loving um... it in underground. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, so it's just it was just very Japan, like very beautiful. So much history, and then you, and then and at the end of it, you walk up to this, and you're just like, "God, why?" <laughs> yeah, well, so that was cool. What? Yeah, what are you playing? Are going, um, right now, I'm I'm playing Resident Evil the remake. Um, it's very slowly, I might add, and um, that's a single player game I'm working on. Are right you now. done with the first um, game or the first act? No, like I have, I haven't really been playing it too much, like that. But that is like my single player game. I want to beat. I just haven't really sat down. And like, I, I, I mean, I played a bunch, but I'm probably gonna backtrack and just like restart it, just because I made too many stupid decisions. So I want to. I mean, it won't it won't take me long at all to get back where I'm at because now that you now that you know everything in the in the house layout, the game becomes becomes uh, considerably quicker. Yeah. So. Yeah, playing that, and um, honestly, like I've been, I've been wanting to play more online games just because I'm constantly searching for new ways to make language learning like an everyday activity. So I want to play with more Japanese players. So I started playing Fortnite, which sounds super goofy, but I started playing Fortnite just because every, Fortnite. That's what every, them kids play. Well, exactly, and the kids don't stop talking about it, so I succumb to it just because. The, the the kids just keep telling me, or rather keep asking about it. So I said, "All right, fine. I'll, I'm going to try Fortnite out, and like I'm actually enjoying myself. And um, I play in Japanese servers, so I'm trying to get to the point where I can start playing with like Japanese people, like consistently, like talking to them, voice chat and stuff. So I play that. Um, I did buy Overwatch for Switch, even though I said I wasn't going to. <laughs> so. Because again, I do all of my gaming on one platform now, like a rather um, online gaming on the Switch. Yeah. So I met up with a bunch of other uh, people in my company, and a few of them played it. 
and I asked their opinion, and one guy was like, yeah, I played like competitively on the console and PC, and I'm really liking it on the Switch. So I succumbed and went ahead and bought it. Hmm. So I'm playing that a little too now. Cool. How's... Uh, yeah, what about you? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. How's your uh, living in Japan going in general? It's going smoothly. Like I'm start- starting to... um like really adjust to everything a lot more. Um, my language ability has been improving a lot, but my speaking still sucks, but like I could definitely um, read and listen a whole lot more because I'm constantly being reinforced. Yeah. Um, some cranks here and there, like one story I'll tell you real quickly. So everyone tells you to watch out for the NHK man mm-hmm. when you move to Japan. And I'm not sure. Are you familiar with the NHK man stories? They like come to your door and try to like get money from you for dumb things. Well, the NHK man specifically is like the TV company. Oh yeah. Actually yeah. It's like some, some weird law in place where they actually can collect money from you, but they'll just but leave you alone like if you really... tell them to go away. Right? Yes, exactly. So I'm always aware of that. So, my girlfriend's apartment, when she gets buzzed, like, because you have to get, to, to, for them to enter your apartment, you have to buzz in on the first floor, and you have, you have to let them in to get into the elevator, and then they can come in. Uh-huh. So, with with my, my girlfriend's apartment, she has a camera on hers, so she sees whoever's buzzing on her door. So, if it's not a delivery person, she just ignores it. Mm-hmm. So, me, my phone just goes off, like, like the buzz door, and I just pick it up, and they just, you know say who they are and I and I buzz them in. So I was expecting packages one day. So I usually always ignore these people. But since I was expecting packages this day, I let this person in. So he comes to my door, guy in like a white button up shirt, tells me that the internet for the apartment building is changing. Which to me, that's not unusual because in America, like apartment buildings will have like specific companies they're assigned with. Right. Like it does happen. There's a, so he so I kept telling him, oh, I want to talk about this later. He's like, no, but this internet connection is going to be faster, and the whole building's changing, so you should change. I'm translating it, but meanwhile, it was in Japanese, and, and um, it, was, it, was, it was rough. I kept telling him multiple times in Japanese, I don't want to talk to you about, about this right now. I want to <laughs> call, call my Japanese friend up and talk to them about this. And he kept going, well, what's the problem? Like, what, what, don't, what don't you understand about this? And, like, to the point where he even, like, was willing to do Google, Google Translate on my phone and stuff like that to like, uh, to, to say what he was saying. So he actually got me to sign up for the service. So got him. Got me there, yeah. So I had to go through the whole process of getting it canceled, which, yeah, there's like lemon law like there is over in America where if you enter a contract for like a service like this, you can cancel it regardless of the reason within eight days. Right. So... I canceled it right away, but that was just another, like, cranked moment. But regards to, like, living here and everything, like, it's it's going smoothly. I, I like the job, and um, socially, I, I socialize as much as I can. Um, I went to a um, Rakugo event recently. Rakugo is, like, the uh, the art of storytelling, where they, like, you know, are on the pillow, and they just... It's, like, comedic, where they sit down on the pillow, and they just tell everyone like a comedic story using like gestures and wordplay. Right. It's just an English one. So that was interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean, the food's awesome. It's funny. I eat really good food, but then I also order Dolan's delivery. Hmm. <laughs> Got that Taco Bell. 
I haven't had Taco Bell once here yet, just because it's super expensive and there's only like one location. Yeah, all right. Well, I haven't been... Uh, keep asking me what I've been playing. I haven't been playing much, man. I haven't had the time. I've been so fucking busy over the last month or so. Um, yeah, you're still working on Fire Emblem, I think, right? Yeah, I'm still playing Fire Emblem and... Uh, I... Uh, yeah, I haven't really touched anything since. Um, went to Disneyland in California. That How'd was, you like it? It was fun. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, they have... I, I would say it's better. Like, their Disneyland is obviously better than our Magic Kingdom, I think. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, I agree. And uh, their Hollywood... Or their California Adventures. Basically, their Hollywood Studios, which is also better than our Hollywood Studios. Well, yeah, you you came there at the right time because they recently revamped all that. Yeah, so the Cars ride was incredible. And uh, I finally got to ride that Bear Raft ride, which when I went to California Adventure, when it first opened, that was like their marquee attraction. It was closed. <laughs> so I didn't get to go on it. Uh. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Then... Uh, our dear friend Michael Neely came into town, stayed with me. That We went to Halloween Horror Nights, and we went to Disney, and then our other friend Michael Zendel came into town to visit. He's been here for the last two weeks. He left today. So it's just been nonstop just seeing people. And I've been working, too, so I've been working 40 hours a week, and then as soon as I get off of work, I go to see these people. You know, I'm entertaining these people, so it's been a lot. Uh, haven't been sleeping much. Definitely haven't been playing any games. Uh, I have been watching My Hero Academia, though. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, how are you liking it? I'm liking it quite a bit. Uh, as soon as I get off this call with you, uh, we'll be watching it before I go to bed. So, I'm nearing the second, the end of the second season. Good. Good. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I love that show. I just need to. The new season like just started up. I haven't. I haven't watched any of those. Season yet. four. Um, ah, God, I don't even know what season. I don't. I don't keep track of the seasons. I think it's season four. Watch them as they come. Yeah. Yeah, because I've seen everything before that, including the movie when it came out in theaters as well. I saw that. Okay. So I mean, you don't. You're not to worry about the movie. It's just like your typical anime movie where it's like a side story and like. All right. You don't have. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to watch it. It's like the Dragon Ball um, Z movies where they don't make any fucking sense if you try to fit them in timeline. It does connect. Like, like at the end of, of one of the seasons of My Hero, like, you see All Might uh, come to um, Deku and say, hey, I want, I want you to come on this trip with me. Okay. And that's, that, and that, that, that's the trip, is the movie. Um, so you don't, you don't have to watch it, but it's, it's fun to watch. Right. Um... But regards to, like, TV shows, for me, I've been watching uh, Better Call Saul, finally. After you've been recommending it for a while now, I finally decided to watch it. Yeah, but I've been recommending Twin Peaks over that, though. Yes, and we're still watching that. We just haven't had time to watch it. The only problem is, is the only way we can watch it is through the Plex server. And obviously, like, Netflix is going to be more optimal uh, for slower internet I think connections. Twin Peaks is, they, has, has, or I think Netflix has Twin Peaks. They had it. Oh, they don't anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the past, they had it. They don't have it anymore. Okay. 
So we watch it when we can, but we're also like in that really boring arc that you talked in about. Season two, she's yeah. loving it. Yeah, she's loving it. Like she loves every episode, but it's it's definitely it becomes a slog. very soap opera. Very, it's it's definitely very soap opera right now. Yeah, uh, it's definitely it's worth like, it to get past yeah. that and just start season three because everything in season three is a masterpiece. Oh yeah, we're we're pretty close. I think we're we're only like six or seven episodes. I just out got done rewatching the, 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 the series the, for like the fourth time. Oh, nice! And yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Oh, I guess I should comment because I, I was going to talk about it on one podcast. Was I did go to Halloween Horror Nights in Japan? Oh yeah, how was that? Um, as someone who's been going here for you know decades. I guess I'll say it right off the bat that Orlando is the better event. Uh-huh. Um, when, when people talk about it on, on vlogs and YouTube videos and all that stuff and whatever, everyone blows it up so much. So I was kind of expecting a lot. And well, I, I right away knew that it's not it's nowhere near as big as Orlando's event. It's not a separate ticket event. It's considered the same. Uh, it's just it's part of your normal t- day. Like, you don't pay a separate... When did the uh, houses open? Uh, pretty early. Yeah, like, in, really? the, in the daytime. They're open. They're, they're open all day. Okay. So, so that's... it's inter- But there's not that many of them, and they're not really, like... They're not, the, they're not the same kind of houses that you see in Orlando. Like, Orlando, you see, like, a full, like, soundstage where, like, it's a... You're walking through, and, like, you're, you're walking through every... Like, every right. moment is a themed moment. In Japan, there are houses, but, like, it's really strange. Because what they'll do is they'll take you in, like, in group. It, it's cool. They'll, they'll try to make it more of an experience in regards to, like, that, like... They try to make it more intimate. It's not like a conga line, like in Orlando. Because mm-hmm. that, that can be frustrating in Orlando. But with that, you're constantly being escorted around by staff. And they stay in character, but it does remove you from it. Like, Hitomi has never even been to any kind of horror event like this before. Like, she's been to, like, you know, local stuff. Right. But never, like, an actual big, like, big budget one. And she's a wimp when it comes to horror. She was never really scared. Once. Okay. <laughs> so that should, always, that should right away tell yeah. you. Yeah. So the one flagship thing that they have there is the biohazard experience, which is Resident Evil. Right. Um, and uh, that's like the most popular thing. We had to like we got a ticket like early in the morning, and we couldn't even see it until like I want to say like five or six o'clock at night. Uh huh. So we did that, and it's the same type of experience where they're taking you from area to area, and they try to make it interactive. They're like, "Oh, all right, we, you got you guys got to all press this button at the same time. All right, three, two, one, boom. Okay, get out, get out, get out, get out." And like the tyrant attacks you and stuff at one point, and it like it's neat. But that's it. It's it's something beyond that. Okay. You, I saw I saw Claire Redfield fighting uh, Mr. T. Not Mr. T. What what what, what is Mr. his name? X. Mr. T. <laughs> Mr. X. The Mr. T. <laughs> the Mr. T. No, you see her like f- fighting Mr. X at one point through glass and, and everything, and she's like getting thrown around and attacking back, and that part's kind of cool. Is it live action or is it like a screen? No, it's live action. You see that happen. You see, like, okay. Mr. X pop out, and he's attacking Claire, and Claire's, like, yelling at you in Japanese, and um, then you move on to the next room. But, like, if the whole house was like that, that would have been cool. But it wasn't. It was just, like, taking you from room to room, and then, like, a thing comes out at you occasionally, 
but the staff is guiding you the entire way. They're holding your hand like the entire time. Right. And uh, the ending, like finale scene that everyone like hypes up. Oh, they give you a gun. It's literally you walk into a room and all these guns are on like stands. And like go, go, go! Get, get, grab the gun and shoot the screen. And you're just sitting there holding and, and playing like some really lame like CG <laughs> animation of a tyrant getting attacked yeah. by your guns. Yes, exactly. It like completely removes you from any kind of horror aspect at all. Yeah. So. I'm being really critical on it just because, you know, you and I were so used to, like, Orlando and they, like, go all out with their horror uh, with Universal Studios Florida. So if, if you're not used to that, it's a really solid event. And, like, also, you're not paying separate. So, like, well, that's cool the thing. thing like, I went to Halloween that's Horror the Nights the other, like, last week. And uh, I got in for free, but Jesse had to buy a ticket. And I was like, this is the worst hundred dollars I've spent in a long time. Yeah. Cause it was, it was just a, it was a fucking mess. Like we were there for four or five hours. We only had time to go on two houses because the lines were so long. The line to get a beer is like 45 minutes. It, it's, it's just so awful. I hate it. I've always hated it. That's why I only go once every few years and uh i can't stand it so uh, the but part of that is because it costs extra yeah so if you look at it from that aspect where it's not a separate ticket event it's not it's not bad later on the night we we i wanted to stay all night originally but we got so tired it was a long day and around like six or seven o'clock is when the actual like scare zones open up and scares come out that was the weirdest part like they don't understand the concept of scare zones over there. To me, a scare zone is you walk through a scare zone and like a scare just like pop out at you as you walk around the streets like a normal day. Right. They treat it like a cosplay event. So you walk and like you'll have like the most normal looking character and, and everyone's making a giant circle. Meanwhile, it's super busy and hard to move around already and people are making a giant circle around like this generic ass character. What just like growling and stuff me. and everyone's taking pictures yeah, and shit. Yeah. Everyone's just taking pictures of it, and I'm just like, this is... And I, I found myself having to just, like, push through in, into the circles, being like, all right, well, we, we want to move through, and this one character doesn't need this much space. Yeah, I've never seen that here. Yeah, so that was the strange thing about it, because... Although I am seeing it, I, I'm here, seeing so. it get more and more common, where, like, people are trying to, like, take selfies with the characters and shit in the scare oh, zones. Oh, sure, yeah. Social media culture these days, but... yeah. And I expected that, but I just didn't expect them to make such a spectacle of over nothing at some points where I'm just like, all right, like, <laughs> this is just a normal zombie. I don't know why we're making a giant circle around it when the when the park's already really busy. Yeah. All right. Well, so, uh, yeah. Let's wrap this up. I'm tired. We've been going on for an hour and a half now. I'm very hungry. All right. Well, in that case, if you made it this far... We greatly appreciate you. We want you to go and subscribe. Leave that five-star review. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the fuck they, that we're on nowadays. We leave you... If you, if <laughs> you leave, If you leave us a good review, we'll, we'll love you till the end of time. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. On that note, Bowman, say something to the people, please. It's good to be back. I'll be back more regularly. The now. boy is back in town. Schedule. I'm back. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Lockout.